and welcome to the School Mentor Podcast. My name is Miff Martinek, I am your host. This is episode three. Now the School Mentor Podcast is where we talk about all things coaching and mentoring in the school setting. And episode three today, we are gonna talk about coaching overwhelmed children and young people. So my reason, I guess, for bringing this to um, the podcast so quickly is that it's a recurring conversation that I have, um, but it's one that's come up quite a lot this term so far. And so I wanted to share some ideas around how we can support and coach children and young people who are feeling overwhelmed in the school setting and help them thrive and help them feel empowered. And I feel like empowered is a really uh, an overused term, but help them really feel like they're in charge of what's going on in their lives. So I'm gonna offer you two ideas. The first is a short-term approach for when you're in that moment making choices and decisions about how that young person is going to act in the next days, weeks, month maybe. And the second one is more of a long-term lens and it's how you can think about the environment that you are creating in the classroom, in the co-curricular activities that you work within, how you can create an environment that helps um, build pupils who have got the self-belief to avoid feeling as overwhelmed and that when overwhelm starts to creep in they have got the skills and the tools developed already to be able to manage it more effectively. Let's think about these pupils more specifically. I think the question that always comes to my mind is how is it that we can have pupils that on paper look pretty similar, perhaps have similar grades, are in the same year at school, are the same gender, have the same hobbies or interests, maybe in the same friend group. On paper, they look quite similar. And yet one will take on so much in school. They'll take on loads of co-curricular activities. They'll do loads outside of school work. They will have a very, very busy life and they will thrive in that environment. And the other might take on half as much and yet they'll struggle with overwhelm. Why does that happen? Now, I will put to you that this has nothing to do with how good this young person is or how intelligent this person is. I would say that it boils down to the beliefs that they hold about themselves and about the world around them. And what happens is when they, we have these positive self-beliefs, we see people thrive. We see people take on challenges that seem really difficult and they just get on with it. But when that self-belief and that talk inside someone's head and the thoughts that are going around inside a young person's head are more negative, we see them struggle. We see them 
miss the marks that they want to achieve. I create so much drama and turmoil in their lives because of what's going on in their brains, because of the thoughts that they are having and therefore the actions that they're taking, the beliefs that they have about themselves. So I want you to think about this when you're looking at those pupils who are coming through your door, seeming overwhelmed, and you're trying to make decisions about how to help them in the term ahead or how to help them get through the next big challenge, reach the deadline. I want you to think about what is going on in their minds that they are struggling with this when perhaps some of their peers are not. In it, I guarantee it will be the beliefs that they hold about themselves which translate into thoughts. And those thoughts will sound like, I'm not good enough, I'm not clever enough, what's the point anyway? I always fail. It will be this litany of really negative self-talk. So as teachers, and maybe as parents, what do we do about it? Because these beliefs, we all know um, from our own experiences, the beliefs that we have. I believe lots of things about myself. I believe that I'm dreadful at riding a bike. And wow, when I get on a bike, do I prove myself right? <laughs> I, I have in these really strongly held beliefs about what I'm good at, about what I'm bad at. And I have to very consciously choose which ones I want to take forward in my life. So that might be an interesting piece of information for you to hear, but how do we make that useful for you? So I want to look at um, the short term, what do we do when that pupil comes through your door? And then more of a long term lens that you can consider um, how you approach your work. So the first one, short term, let's get really specific. Let's picture a pupil. Now I have a, a very specific person in my mind. They go to a boarding school. They are in uh, year 12, lower sixth. They regularly feel quite overwhelmed and going through the process of their GCSEs, they really fell apart and they had lots of different people supporting them, their tutor, their housemistress. They had lots of people around them offering support, trying to help them in different ways. Um, but they really, really struggled. Now they did manage to get the grades that they wanted, but there was so much turmoil and drama and just dreadful angst around the process. It was a really horrible situation for them. Now, when I look at that pupil and I look at the interactions that they had, I, I can pick out some key points in time where it could have been handled differently. So, and, and, and I, I want to just put as a side note here, this has nothing to do with the care or the willingness to help or the, the, the love that was put in by the, the teachers and parents around this pupil. And this was all about having the right approach 
but also the right focus as to how best to help. Now, some of the things that went wrong for this pupil were that when they came in and they asked for some help because they were feeling really overwhelmed, the first thing that happened was that a well-meaning um, tutor took a load of work off, off their plate and said, look, just take a little bit of time out and you can come back to this. Now, that might be a great solution. In this scenario, it wasn't. So there might be solutions that seem like a really good option, but they have to be specifically accurate for this particular pupil. And the only way that we make it accurate to the pupil is making sure that it is their decision and not only that they have ownership of the decision, but that they also love the decision that they've made. So let me let me um, spell this one out a little bit more. So what happened for this pupil, in my mind, when this workload was taken away from them, was they went back into the boarding house and they had nothing to do. They knew that this deadline was still there, but it was just further away. And it was this sort of kick the can down the road feeling, except that the can was actually a snowball. So it was just getting bigger and bigger because not only did they have the problem, which was they didn't have much self-belief. I'm not clever enough to achieve what I want to achieve. They also then had, I'm gonna fall behind in school laid on top of that. So we compounded the problem. And then on top of that, we also compounded it by them not having any purpose with the time off that they had. Now, I'm not saying that time off is the wrong thing to apply, but if we're layering a problem of very little self-belief, I'm not clever enough to achieve the grades that I want to achieve, and we're layering that with, um, I'm falling behind, worry and on top of that we're layering it with I don't manage my time well and the things that I'm doing with my time don't make me feel like I'm creative and productive and achieving my goals it's much more distraction it's Netflix it's social media it's Snapchat it's these things that make us perhaps feel good in the moment but it is altogether avoidance rather than being a productive use of that person's time. So the way that we could have handled that situation differently is to do much more exploration up front. Now, when I run mentoring programs, I talk about a process of um, kind of visualizing steps going down and then steps building back up again. And when you're stepping down, you're exploring um, an option with someone. You're saying, okay, what are the things that are going to get in the way? What are the challenges gonna be? What would the worst, what's the worst thing about this option? How can we pick it all apart and, and really understand how you feel about it before we take some steps back up? And the reason, and the reason we do it before is so that we fully understand 
all of the barriers that might be in place for taking that option A over option B. And then when they take the steps back up, they have got the option, they get to consider each of these challenges. Well, if, if I take the extension, then I might feel more overwhelmed because I'll just push the, the work further right. Okay, so what can you do to mitigate that? And we take each one of these challenges and we start to pull them apart a little bit more. Now, I'm sure that there are some people listening to this or watching this and thinking, I've not got time to do this. But I will always argue that there's better to spend 20 minutes doing this when that pupil first comes in than to do it for 10 minutes now and then have exactly the same conversation in a week, two weeks time. And you know further forward and your pupil is so much more overwhelmed and is even more ingrained in their thinking that they cannot do things themselves. So that is my first piece is that I want you to think, how can we make sure that this is their decision and how can we help them love the decision that they make? And when they do that, they will take ownership of it and they will be able to move forwards. It might be that they take an option that doesn't seem like the right one in your eyes, in which case you might wanna put some parameters around monitoring how that decision's going. But if they own it, then they are far more likely to feel empowered. We are far more likely to address the root issue. And the root issue isn't that they've fallen behind. The root issue is that their brain is telling them that they aren't clever enough, they aren't good enough, there's no point because they're never gonna achieve it. That's what we want to do as educators. That is the gold prize, right? We don't just want good grades. We don't just want to drag people kicking and screaming so that we've got great grades that we can shout about on our school's Instagram page. We don't want that. What we want as educators is for them to go through the process and the experience of school and come out as a better, stronger person who is more capable and able to live their lives the way that they want to. So that is that first piece. Help them to love their decision. So when you go into that conversation with them, your investment, your focus is knowing that the, the root cause is the thought in their mind, that sentence that is going round in their head and how do we choose an action? How do we help them choose an action that they love, that they can take control of because that will prove that thought in their mind wrong. So that is the first piece. That is our short term in the moment. What do we do with this? Now, the second piece is what are we doing on a broader scale? So the long term approach that we are taking. And this is all about the mindsets that you are creating when you are standing in front of a classroom, when you're on the rugby pitch, <clears throat> how are you creating an environment that allows for each pupil to be their own hero in their story? Now, the reason I use the word hero in their story is because so often I see 
teachers coming in um, with the best intentions as the knight in shining armour. Because it feels, A, efficient. It feels like, well, this is the, if I give them the solution, this is the way that we get them over this, this bump. This is the way that we help them. It feels efficient to do that. And it feels quite good to do that. It feels more exciting to do that than maybe just be a cheerleader. And we are always constrained by that view that we never have enough time. So when you think about this broader picture and how you show up in the classroom in every setting where you are interacting with a young person, with a child, how can we change our mindset from get them to learn the thing to help them to be their own hero. Because when somebody learns how to be their own hero, and by hero, I mean, I mean opportunities for them to support other people, opportunities for them to do some teaching rather than just you doing the teaching, opportunities where they will overcome something and they will learn something in a really active and engaging way. The reason we want to focus our minds here is because as educators, we want young people to feel empowered in their lives because the fraction of their life that they spend in school is actually really quite short, but it's so influential and it's what they will take forward in their lives. So we are helping to shape people who are heroes rather than damsels in distress. Because when you come in as the knight in shining armour, you just reinforce that they're the damsel in distress and that, of course, they can't achieve what they want to achieve because they need you to intervene. They need their teacher to take the reins. Take a step back. Try to find a way that you can be the guide rather than someone who's dictating the right path. How can you guide them towards opportunities that allow them growth? And that it isn't, and there's opportunity to fail. Now, we all talk about the fact that failing is a great thing, but how many of us really live that? So this is one of the reasons why when we think about developing mindset and a positive mindset and a growth mindset, I love mentoring. Because when we empower a young person to support the people around them, that's they're taking on some responsibility there. It's down to them to show up and do their thing, right? It's down to them to be there for somebody else. And that accountability that they feel inevitably forces them to practice the skills of helping someone consider their problems and get through them. And therefore they're more likely to apply that to themselves as well. So it's such a fantastic environment where we can allow growth in in an environment that is exciting and familiar and, and honestly will pay back dividends to the school. But regardless of we're talking about mentoring, 
I will always talk about mentoring because I love it so much. It's looking, taking a step back and putting the lens on of how do I build an environment where everybody gets to be their own hero, that I am not the superstar in this story, that everybody else, that all of the people in this room, these young people, get to be their own hero, get to build helpful beliefs about them. And when you see those helpful, those moments come through where they've proved something, really reiterating that to them, really highlighting that to them. Look at that moment that you created that thing. That was all you. So the last thing I want to potentially leave you with here is that it is very easy to believe what we have proof for. But actually we need a little bit more faith than that. I reflect on this myself and one of the things I've been telling myself for years is that I'm dreadful at marketing. And yet here I am recording a podcast as part of growing the message and, and sharing the right information about coaching and mentoring in schools because I want to get this message out there and that's what I'm super passionate about. And what I had to do was consider that I had this thought in my mind that I'm dreadful at marketing. And I recognised that thought and my God, it was true. It's really true. I'm dreadful at it. But that thought wasn't helpful. Doesn't matter how true it is. If it's not helpful, then why are we allowing it to still exist? Instead, I had to reframe it in my mind. I had to choose a different thought. And so my thought now is that I'm practicing marketing. I'm practicing, which means that I can sit on this podcast and I can make a load of mistakes and I can do the editing and it can take me twice as long as it would take somebody who's actually good at doing podcasts. But I can sit and create this without that pressure of beating myself up and telling me, telling myself that I'm no good at this. Think about the thoughts that are in someone's head, the beliefs that they have, and how you can help influence those. How you can help them to call out those thoughts and beliefs in their minds so that they can choose to actively think a different way or choose to accept that that thought is there and get on with doing the hard thing anyway. That is the environment that we want to create because that is where growth happens and that is where people build self-belief and self-confidence. So I hope that this has been a really useful soundbite for you um, and maybe it's that you take away one of those short-term um, techniques to really focus on and helping them understand and love their decision rather than you making your best guess at the, the right change or adjustment that, that an overwhelmed child or, or young person needs in that moment. Or maybe it's focusing on that lens of looking at things from more long term. How can we look at all the areas where we interact with young people 
and change how we approach them in just tiny little tweaks to make them the heroes in their own stories rather than it being you dictating down to them and instructing them on how to achieve success. How can you help them discover success themselves? And maybe finally, it's that little piece around having faith, even when there isn't proof. Even when perhaps there's so much proof to the contrary, how can we still have some faith in our pupils, in our own abilities, how can we help them develop their own faith and belief? Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about This Is Me and the work that I do um, around mentoring and coaching in schools, then you can find everything over on the website. It's this-is-me.uk. But for now, thank you very much for listening. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the School Mentor Podcast. We hope you're leaving today's episode feeling inspired to create a stronger, more connected school community. To access more resources, be sure to visit our website at this-is-me.uk. It would mean the world to us if you subscribed, rated and reviewed our podcast and shared it with your fellow educators. Until next time, Thank you for inspiring, mentoring and changing the lives of the young people in your community.